0: Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, another week down, we are here, we made it, the Friday episode of The Core Report, y'all, you know what I'm saying, a lot going on out here in the world, man, I got a little bit of wine, a little bit of time, let's get on to it, man, oh man, the headlines are crazy, man, like I say, I, shout, I start this show off the way I start all my shows off, thanking everybody just for tuning in, for listening, for rocking with the squad, man, like, we've been doing it, we're not gonna stop doing it. Hopefully one day I can get compensated for doing it. We'll figure all that out at some point in time, man. But for now, public service announcements courtesy of the Core Report, man. So uh, yeah, man. These are the headlines for uh, Friday, Juneteenth. Welcome, man. We made it to a, another significant Negro uh, holiday, man. Another, <laughs> another black, folk, another black folk monument, man. You know, hey, I count my holidays as weeks lived outside of the criminal justice system. So I'm already, I'm winning every day. But happy Juneteenth for all of the people that are celebrating and that are feeling celebratory. You know what I mean? Like I said, headlines, you know, we got a little bit of everything here from COVID to, uh, of course, police foolishness. We got to check in with 45 and his nonsense in Tulsa. Money, money, money. Yo, there's a lot of money again floating around, and a lot of us are unaware of, one, where it's coming from, two, how it's being spent, and three, who exactly it is going to. We're going to break that down in Atlanta, man. Oh, of course, again, 45 and all of his foolishness. You know, I got another statue today. I'm loving that. And, yo, we got to get into Juneteenth, man. We got to talk about what this actually means, why this holiday exists, and why people, you know, should be celebrating it, and also why people should look at it as a much more solemn and and heavy kind of moment, even though it's a good moment to celebrate, it's one of those moments that let you know that, yo, we got so much work to do, we got so much further to go in this thing, man, so, like I said, let's get on into it, first headline is always the first headline, because we're in the middle of a goddamn pandemic, fam. it's COVID, bro, Coronavirus cases have now reached 450,000 globally. You know what I'm saying? 450,000 people are dead globally from the coronavirus with over 2 million cases, excuse me, reported globally and that number is steadily rising. I think we're really knocking on the door of 3 right now. In the United States, in the United States, of the 450,000 people worldwide that have died of coronavirus, In the United States, we have 118,000 of them moving north as we speak. In California, there have been so many deaths. There's been so much of a spike of the coronavirus presence in our community. Not necessarily deaths. Like, they haven't topped off with death yet. California is moving in the opposite direction of the rest of the country, and they have now ordered masks to be worn outside at all times. Look, I don't even do that shit when I live and I live here. Like so, if we're raging a point in California, which also has had one of the lower totals of coronavirus cases especially when you compare the size of that state and the sizes of that state and the size of that state's population. It's big population centers such as LA, San Francisco, all of these places. They have had comparatively low coronavirus numbers to places on the East Coast such as New York, Miami, Washington, you know, the DMV, the Washington metro area. It's been very interesting to watch the way that California and Governor Gavin Newsom have navigated this whole entire coronavirus situation. And they seem to be taking the unpopular preemptive measures, but who knows, that might pay off in the end. Right now, inside of... Like I said, California ordering masks to be worn outside again. Florida now has seen a 3,207 case increase. On Thursday, there were 3,207 brand new reported cases of coronavirus in Florida. In Florida, currently, 75% of the ICU beds are occupied. 75% of the ICU beds are occupied in the state of Florida, in the whole state. So now they're going to have to start building field hospitals. And who knows if those field hospitals will really be able to be built in a place like, say, Miami, South Florida, where most of the population lives. And if someone has an influx of cases, say, coming in from Central Florida or from Northern Florida, how do those people get transported? How does this all logistically work? It's a nightmare. It's incredibly crazy. And these are larger Jurisdictions that we're talking about. In a smaller jurisdiction, in one of the smaller jurisdictions within the United States, the Navajo Nation, their land exists somewhere in the Midwest, somewhere in the Dakotas. The Navajo Nation has officially reported 322 deaths from coronavirus. That's more than 16 states. 16 states have less deaths than the Navajo Nation, which doesn't even formally exist and as, as a sovereignty, but it does have land and it does have a population somewhere within the Dakotas and the, and the plains of America. This is insane, fam. What up, man? My man B in the house, man. That's my guy, man. Doc you YouTube, man. Working it out. Yo, as I said, the Navajo Nation has been having their increase in influx of coronavirus cases. The state of Arizona has also been experiencing that shit so much so that the sheriff of one of these counties in Arizona, I don't quite remember the county, a county in Arizona, one of the county sheriffs in Arizona, came down with coronavirus on the day that he was scheduled, he was diagnosed with coronavirus, on the day that he was scheduled to attend this whole cop jerk-off rally that um, Trump had in the Rose Garden where he basically issued this edict that the police are to be respected and, oh, by the way, we're going to, Invest in a little bit more sensitivity training. So, he was supposed to be there. I'm kind of sad he wasn't, but it's okay. We'll figure it out. Arizona, be careful out there. Sheriff's Department, they got cooties too. They got coronavirus. Don't get taken. Police, police, police all across the country. Bro, all across the country, police have felt as though it might be a good idea to take after the Atlanta Police Department And pose what they call sick outs or the blue flu. I call it swine flu, and you know why. But they're saying that the blue flu is now gonna be an effective tactic for police departments to respond to the call to defund them. And when people, and the the efforts that people are taking to defund the police, even the things that have been discussed in government, are tiny. California said they're gonna cut 5% of the police's budget. The police budget in California is $1.8 billion, and they were talking about cutting $100 million from it, which basically equates to 5% of their budget. $100 million out of $1.8 billion, all right? Do that math. I know a lot of y'all saw that uh, video on YouTube where the guy was using the rice to describe what a billion dollars is compared to a million or compared to 100000 do do yourself a favor and watch that video. Then you'll understand how massive these budgets are, how little they're being spent to benefit the communities that they quote-unquote police or patrol, and how insignificant any cuts or any defunding that's currently on the table actually is. It's insane. But anyway, like I said, the ATL police officers decided that they weren't going to do this. They were going to do the blue flu or whatever after the officers who killed Rayshard Brooks, turned themselves in. They turned themselves in yesterday. One, the officer who did the shooting, his name is Roth. He's being held with no bond. So for all of you justice fanatics out there, yeah, that's good. Roth is being held without bond. He's not going to be able to just be released right back on the streets. His partner, the co-conspirator, his name is Brosny, and he is out on bond. He paid bond and allegedly... He is a state cooperating witness. Although, and that's according to Atlanta's DA. Who's a black man? Who is in a little bit of trouble himself because when he first presented this case and presented the charges that the officers were being charged with and the penalties that it carried, he mentioned the death penalty. And then yesterday he came out and said, no, we were never seriously considering the death penalty. So why mention it in the press conference then? I mean, I understand that you want to you know, make this sound as heavy as possible. But if one of those possibilities is not a real possibility, then why even mention it? It's just pandering. It's more political machine machinery to make people think that, you know, this is some kind of even handed process that the officers have even the most remote chance of being held to the ultimate amount of accountability that they should be held to just as human beings, forget as police. But in response to this crazy shit, there's an co- a, uh, a organization called the ATL Police Foundation. This is a private organization. On Thursday, the ATL Police Foundation made it a point to issue a $500 bonus to every active Atlanta police officer. This really happened. This is a real fucking thing. Every Atlanta police officer got a $500 bonus attached to his or her paycheck this week from the ATL Police Foundation, which is a private organization. Why? Not not only that, not only did they do the $500 for every active officer, which equals somewhere in the neighborhood of $2 million that they threw at the Atlanta Police Department directly to the rank and file members too. So you got to remember what that does. The mayor was on TV the other day. The mayor, who is the police's boss, was on TV the other day talking about how morale is at an all-time low. The chief has stepped down. All these incidents keep on happening. She didn't do anything. She didn't offer these people any recompense. Not that they deserve it, because they don't. But the ATL Police Foundation which is a private organization. Please Google them. Look at the pictures that they have on their website. Look at the people who are on the board. There are black and white people on the board of this foundation. There are people who have a vested interest, who are CEOs, who are COOs, who are huge business leaders, who are capitalists. And they have a huge investment in seeing the police empowered as well as possible in order to protect them. That's what this was all about. They gave the police $500 to let them know that the rich people in ATL, the people who have these businesses and have these gated communities like the one T.I. live in, that his dumbass got locked up at the gate of because they didn't believe he lived there a couple of years ago, and now he's out here talking about Wakanda. He seems to forget my man said this the other day, today on Twitter. He said a lot of black people's collective memories are about as long as train smoke. So at the end of the day, you know, it'll be gone. It's just a thick puff right now. It's a thick puff of anger, but then it's gone. And people say stupid shit. But meanwhile, in between while, the indignation and the anger of the people who are opposed to us is real. And they're doing real things about it. This, five, this $2 million that was given directly to the police department has much more impact than any of these fictional numbers that have been pledged to Black Lives Matter by all these corporations over the last 20 days. That's $500 in a real person's pocket who goes outside with a real gun and patrols real neighborhoods every day. The ops don't stop. Thank you, Geronimo. The ops don't stop. This is a real thing. They are really on it. They, and, they, and this is not a half hearted effort. Like I said, in addition to the $500 for every officer, they are going to replace all 20 cars that were burned in the ATL uprising, riot, demonstration, whatever you want to call it, over um, the last 20 days during George Floyd, during the protest for George Floyd's killing. They're going to replace all 20 cars on them. Not on the city of ATL. Keisha Lashbottas did not have anything to do with this. She is not on the board of the ATL Police Foundation. Just a little something to hold on to there. Just something to think about when you're thinking about how the police are being, quote unquote, attacked in the media and so on and so forth. But they're actually being empowered privately and behind the scenes. People... They might there might be companies even that are outside talking about, yeah, Black Lives Matter, we stand with you guys against systematic oppression, blah, 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 blah. They're gonna keep, as a matter of fact, they're gonna kick their donations to the FOP up because they wanted to be understood that, yo, if these niggas ever turn on us, please come and protect us. And don't, we don't want you to be looking at our social media posts, you know, we just did that because we had to. Don't know what's happening. There's actions and then there's words, you know what I'm saying? And there's a difference. Again, you know, I'm. I hope I'm not just saying this shit for my health, but, you know, either way, I just wanted to be on record that somebody is aware, someone is aware, and hopefully more of us can become aware, you know what I'm saying? Again, black people becoming aware is, is a process and it's also something that we can't you know, we can't go against each other too heavily on. Earlier in this week, you know, with the J. Cole and No Name controversy. By the way, No Name bodied that man with that, you know, very short song, which is basically, it should be called, Are You Fucking Dumb? Like, you know what I'm saying? But it's not. It's called Song 33. It's pretty good. And I'm not even a No Name fan. You know what I'm saying? But I read all the lyrics. I listened. I was like, oh, okay. I feel you. And not only that, it's just a it an appropriate response to an appropriate situation that's kind of ridiculous, but it's also, it just, it's a teachable moment. You know what I'm saying? It's a teachable moment. So again, there are black people who sometimes are the ops or sometimes will appear to be the ops, but they're not. You know what I'm saying? They just don't understand. They're not really ready to to, to come around to the corner. And then there are some that are the ops, don't forget. But there are some that, you know, need some nudging or need, need to find that courage within themselves to fucking just go ahead and and escape and get out of there. These are people like Mary Elizabeth Taylor. Mary Elizabeth Taylor worked for Donald Trump for the Trump administration over the last maybe two, three years since the administration took office. This is the black woman, if any of y'all were paying attention to Neil Gorsuch uh, Supreme Court confirmation hearings, this is that Attractive black woman who was sitting behind Neil Gorsuch every day while this man was being grilled by Senate Democrats on his stances on abortion, his stances on immigration, all of these things. He's a squarely conservative judge. He's made it known throughout all of his opinions since he's been on the court because he was confirmed, as we all knew. That shit was getting railroaded through. He was confirmed and he does sit on the side with the conservative judges. has made a lot of decisions and have a lot of opinions that are detrimental to black people. However, this lady, Mary Elizabeth Taylor, was working for him, working for Trump, working for the administration to shepherd him, as well as the over 400 federal judges that this administration has put in. She, for whatever it's worth, she did a lot of damage, but she quit. She quit yesterday. She quit. She resigned. She is the top-ranking African-American in the Trump administration. She's... Nobody black has a job higher than her within this administration. And now she's gone. So we already know what it looked like. You know what I'm saying? We already know any of the other black people that are there definitely don't have any clout. Because she didn't have enough clout to even say anything. She had to quit. And this is after basically helping these people accomplish their whole entire agenda. You know what I'm saying? Her whole, Their whole entire agenda kind of was, you know assisted by her presence. Just in the the mere sense of her presence, she helping people accomplish a lot. So I'm glad that she's not benefiting them with her presence anymore. Look, we got some room for you over here on this side, and we definitely know you know some shit that we need to know. So come on through. I mean, really and truly, come on through because it's only getting more ridiculous over there with four or five, He's been wilding this week on the socials. I mean, he's always wilding on the socials, but he's really been out of hand this week on the socials. And why do you think that is? The reason that he's been out of hand on the socials this week is because everything that he's trying to do, policy wise, has been being slapped down viciously. He lost DACA, he lost LGBTQ. He's still still fighting a losing battle against Joe Biden in the polls. He's still losing ground with this issue of police reform and police brutality. He's being attacked in ways that he's not really used to. It's things that he's not comfortable with. So what does he do? Instead of trying to, you know, reply with policy, with, you know, some type of actual real outreach to understand the problems, he makes bullshit videos and puts them on Twitter. So now... You put a video up on Twitter. Let's start with Twitter, because Twitter is my fave. You put a video up on Twitter that a lot of us are familiar with, with the little little black baby boy and a little white baby boy, and they're running down the street. And they hadn't like seen each other friends. They hadn't seen each other in a while, gives them a big hug. It's, it's very encouraging, you know what I'm saying? I've hugged my white friends in similar fashions, so I mean, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's some shit that happens, you know what I'm saying? That's great. It's it's real life, it's regular people. This man took a very innocent moment, a very real moment, and manipulated the video so at the end of the video, you see the baby running, the black baby, is running away. He's running in a much faster um, pace than his white counterpart. The little white kid is just trailing behind him or whatever. This man turned the video around to basically say, put CNN at the end, put Chiron's at the bottom, and made this video look like this man was, this black baby was running away for this white baby. And this is to suggest that this is the slant that CNN uses when they cover him and when they cover racial issues in this country, as if to suggest that all of the videos that have been shown of police officers brutalizing protesters, police officers killing black people, Karens wilding out on people and saying all types of obscene things to people in public as if those shits were doctored, as if those were fake or something like that. That's the kind of enemy, that's the kind of ops we have right against right here. You know what I'm saying? The people who are in his base, trust me, they believe that shit. And it's not hard to believe that shit because I know that we have all seen Lots of things this week, from Beethoven being black to a lot of other things just in social media as far as, like, black history and black knowledge that have helped us, that have confirmed a lot of the things that we think and that we know. You know what I'm saying? That we really knew. We've been knowing this shit. But now it's just great that Baller Alert put it on their page so a lot of motherfuckers who didn't know before can know now. Peace to the God, Mighty Moss, man. You know what time it is, man. We did the education years ago. Years ago, learning about the great black inventors, learning about the great black scholars, learning about the great black teachers. You know what I'm saying? Like, But it's great now that all of us are having these moments and that we're all getting to a space where we realize how important that knowledge is, man. I read something earlier today. The NHL tweeted today about the existence of... The something called the CHL, which was established in 1895 in Nova Scotia, in fucking Canada. Who knew it was black people in Canada in 1895 playing hockey? These black men invented the slap shot. They invented the slap shot. There was not no slap shots before the CHL existed. The style of play was exciting. It was rough. It is literally what the NHL that currently existed. That currently exists, should I say, is built off of. You know what I'm saying? Man, shout my boy L Gooch, man. You know what I'm saying? You know what it is, gal. You know what I'm saying? Listen, black, imagine how beneficial that knowledge would have been to a lot of young black boys growing up in Detroit, Boston, wherever. Oh, these white boys playing hockey? No, we play hockey too. Not only do we... You know how much stuff we've been told that we don't do specifically to keep us out of it? Hockey, baseball, you know... Hey, yo... That's where Geronimo. Somewhere Tariq Nasheed is really punching air. Because I told y'all niggas. Yo, I did three hidden colors for y'all. Three of them things. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. But people want to laugh at Dr. Umar and, and Tariq Nasheed and all of these brothers. And it's funny because because those brothers kind of got a little bit of um a little bit of notoriety via this television, social media, camera age that we live in, they instead they couldn't totally disregard them, so they made them into jokes. Like, the, their predecessors, the Sheikh Anta of the world, the John Henry Clarks of the world, the, the uh, Chancellor Williams of the world, they just got disregarded. They were just like, fuck them. That, that guy will never be on television. He'll never be on 60 Minutes. He'll never be on any type of legitimacy-building platform. And now that the legitimacy exists out in the free world amongst everybody, you know what I'm saying? Amongst all of these people on social media, amongst Facebook, amongst all of that, Twitter, you know what I'm saying? They just character assassinate people. They just take them down a notch. Now they jokes. Even if they spit in real shit sometimes. And even if they are jokes sometimes, you know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous, bro. These are actual things that have happened. This is an actual part of the miseducation that we always are going up against the, all, that we're, all that we're you know combating in real life right here. Oh, man. Getting back to my police stories, because like I said, the ops is always open. Listen, this is a story that a lot of people are not familiar with. And again, I do the court report because they're not going to talk about this shit on CNN. They're not going to talk about this on MSNBC. Rachel Maddow is as woke and as, as much of an ally as she seems to be, they don't get around to talking about things like this. There was a young man named Mike Avery who was arrested by the FBI for on a very rarely invoked law called the 1968 Riot Act for allegedly going and inciting riots. This man left from his home in St. Louis and went and drove to Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's about 500 miles, about whatever, three, four, five hours, whatever. Drove up there. To be a part of the protest on his Facebook page, he wrote, we promise to do our very best to be safe and not do anything to get arrested. This man went up there, went to his protest. Three days later, the FBI came to his door and locked him up, arrested him and arrested him for allegedly aiding riots in an interstate manner. Because the, at, the feds can only come for you if you go from state to state. Always know that. If you, if you operating within state, those are state laws. That's what's happening. If you're operating, if you cross a state line to do anything, it becomes a federal crime. And that's different shit. You know what I'm saying? FBI came to this man's house three days later, locked him up, held him without bail for two weeks. Wednesday, his charges were dropped. Wednesday. He's confused. He doesn't, he's, He's. his lawyer is like, we're just confused. We don't understand what just happened these last two weeks. We don't understand why my client was held. We don't understand what was gained out of this investigation, any of that. Oh, trust me, there was something gained. And the shit that was gained is not going to be discussed. It's just going to be utilized. The Air Force is launching a probe right now into the use of spy planes Into the use of spy planes, surveillance drones and things like that over the protest in Washington, D.C., in New York City and in L.A. In Washington, D.C., the shit was so crazy that they were relaying the information they were seeing from the air to a special ops unit out of Pennsylvania that was stationed on the ground in support of the National Guard and the police in D.C. In D.C., y'all. So... Let's just imagine a world where niggas are using the internet to do these kind of actions and put these kind of things together. Yo, the surveillance that exists out here on that level is horrifying. And trust me, these are just stories we know. There's black sites. that Like, yo, we know about Guantanamo Bay. Guantanamo Bay exists, all right? It just don't have no... U.S. citizens in it right now. Exactly. Facial recognition and spy drones were being used during these during these protests. Listen, y'all. The, the plan is to jail the leaders. I spoke about this yesterday. Delbert Africa did 42 of them joints. Came home this year and died. Not of COVID. Just died. Man was 74 years old. He did 42 joints. Being in the move movement. He was there when they dropped the bombs on him in Philadelphia. He was there getting kicked by the police. He did every last bit of that time that they wanted. They hid that man in in Pennsylvania state penitentiaries, which is crazy. Pennsylvania state penitentiaries are notoriously terrible because that's where the penal system started. That's where the first penitentiary is. The concept of penitentiaries is a Quaker concept, they come from Pennsylvania. The whole concept of rehabilitation and isolation and penance is a Quaker concept. The incarceration as we know it now is not based on that. They're talking about rehabilitation and penance and spiritual connections and all of that in small confined spaces in the Quaker Pennsylvania penitentiary model. What we do, we hide motherfuckers. We sensory deprive people, yo. There's supermax jails in Florence, Colorado, in Marion, Illinois, underground. You know what I'm saying? Where people do years. People do years, do years in uh, of of jail time there, man. Decades, bro. Yo, Uncle Mighty, you know you my brother, man. Anytime you I could get a thanks from you for passing on some knowledge. I know I'm doing something right, you know what I'm saying? Like again, like I said, the Air Force is launching a probe into uh into the usage of these things. But, I mean, obviously this isn't going anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, who polices the police? You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're, they'll they'll they will do a study. They might say, yeah, you know, that happened. We That probably shouldn't happen again. Just like all these, um these military men are coming out and they're, you know, they're denouncing the use of force post-force being used. They couldn't do, sh- they didn't do shit at the moment. You know what I'm saying? What you say, fam? They housing terrorists in those supermax prisons. Yes, absolutely. And they definitely still waterboarding. Look, if you think that's crazy that the U.S. federal government got these black sites, think about how crazy it is that the Chicago Police Department had those. A, a, a independent police department of a city had black sites where they were literally taking people, alleged gang leaders and shit like that, and criminals that they had super vendettas against, and they was hiding these people. You know what I'm saying? You don't even get to go to Cook County Jail. If you're lucky, you get to go to Cook County Jail you going to go to this fucking black site over here on, you know, 79th, and we going to do you. That's crazy, man. This is, But this is real. These are real things that happen. Meanwhile, the officer who shot and murdered Rayshard Brooks was in Fulton County Jail when he turned himself in, and they have since moved him to another facility for security reasons. Because you know that cop was going to get done in, in a jail, in, in any jail for real but they're going to keep him closer and tighter than they ever could because they don't want that to happen on their watch. One, they're invested in protecting him just from the symbolism standpoint. And two, of course, everybody knows if you're ever going to jail or prison, the the government, the state, is liable for anything that happens to you within that facility while you're in their custody. So people can be sued, so on and so forth. It's just the whole entire thing. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, the police are the more fuckery. But there's still, man, people pushing in the right direction and protests that I like. You know, I, I'm, I, I've am i said this before on this show, I'm not a huge fan of going out to uh, public spaces and yelling at the police or yelling at marble buildings and shit. I don't think that that's an effective way of protesting anything. I understand the act of occupying space, though, so therefore I think that that's good. But I'm not showing up to any kind of gathering where one side of the people are armed and they got helmets and sticks and shit and all I got is a sign. I'm not that's not That's not my idea of intelligently attacking the system. But that's me. I understand that there are a lot of people who are, who have to be and who are willing to sacrifice their body in a very dramatic way in order to accomplish that. Me, I'm trying to stay free and stay dangerous on their asses because that's where they want me. They wish they could have me in one of them black sites So I wouldn't be able to talk this shit. You feel what I'm saying? They wish they had me out there in in their custody. Fuck that. I've been in their custody too much. I spent my whole 20s in their custody. Got me fucked up. I'm not going back. But at the end of the day, protest actions are important. Today, there was a very big protest action that I'm super proud of, yo. The Longshoremen's Union. One of the most powerful unions, to be quite honest, in the whole country. Because this country is built. On importing goods. Like all of our port cities are our jewels. They're our crown jewels in this this empire. You know what I'm saying? We need Oakland. We need New Orleans. We need New York. We need Miami. We need port cities. In Oakland, in the port of Oakland, and I believe in the port of Seattle, two of the biggest West Coast ports, work stoppage has been a work. Yeah. Thank you, Geronimo. We're not fucking with martyrdom. We are fucking with work stoppage and stuff. Work stoppages have been in place, implemented. A a general strike by the Longshoremen's Union took place today. I saw Angela Davis pulled up at the joint, you know what I'm saying? Put a fist in the air for black freedom. You know what I'm saying? I love to see that. I love to see our elders and our heroes getting the proper reverence that they deserve and being a part of shit that's not performative. Man, listen, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and them niggas, they still out there tap dancing. Shout out to Juneteenth. We're going to get into Juneteenth too soon as I finish these headlines because I got to talk about what that really, really means and why it's important for us to not only celebrate it but know that that shit is just like a a, a benchmarker. But anyway, Angela Davis and the longshoremen of Oakland, of Seattle, Washington have stopped work on two of America's most important ports and that is something that is going to have an actual impact, a tangible impact on what the business of America is. This shit is all about capital, all right? Like I said yesterday with this Kaepernick thing, all right? Trump wants Kaepernick back on the field because NFL football is a fucking symbol of American thriving, American capitalism doing well when we're watching people bash their heads in on Sundays. We're good then. So if Colin Kaepernick, if we need to get him back out there in order to get that shit started and get that back on the road, whatever needs to happen, guys, let's do it. Again, I love these statues. You know, I love these statues. Yo, this was so good. They finally, finally tore down that statue, and it's not even a statue. It's like a big stone plaque of George Allen Marshall in front of George, George Marshall Allen in front of RFK Stadium. Bro, do you know how many times I've been to RFK Stadium for anything from GoGo Fest? to fucking a Redskins game, to a D.C. United game, to to anything, and seen this statue, this plaque, and just been like, man, I hate this nigga. He's a vicious racist. He was the worst. George Marshall was the worst, okay? The worst. And a lot of people don't understand it. That's why the Redskins are still named the Redskins, because that nigga was like, look, as long as I'm alive, that we ain't never changing that. And you know who? was the recently fired general manager of the Skins? That's right, his son. You know what I'm saying? You know who his other son did? His other son was a a governor in Virginia. These people have real power. And these statues that exist of them only reinforce that shit. Only reinforce that shit. So I'm glad to see every last one of them come down. What the wife say? Wifey said, controlling the labor force is of the utmost importance. Absolutely. That's why I love seeing... Real actions take place around labor, around capitalism. Attack capitalism. You can't... Attacking racism is like attacking an idea. It's difficult. You know what I'm saying? It's difficult to attack an idea. It's difficult to attack a belief. When you attack a system, a systems have weaknesses. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes beliefs are impermeable. There's some people who just believe some shit and that's just... That's it. They're going to die on that hill. But systems, all systems have weak spots. All systems have Achilles. If it, if it was built, it can be destroyed. If it was constructed, it can be destructed. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of us have been been trained and socialized to think that America can't be destructed. It can't be. It can't be unbuilt. Yo, we built it, so it's only right that we would be the ones to unbuild it. It only makes sense to me. It only makes sense. We gonna be the ones to unbuild this shit. But that. Comes with money. There you go, low. I'm. I'm glad somebody feeling me. Attack capitalism. You know what I'm saying? Fuck racism too. But attack capitalism, bro. Let me tell you what capitalism been up to all this time while we've been out here uh, wearing masks and shit and washing our hands and buying up all the sanitizer. Has anybody seen some Clorox wipes? Because me and my family would like some. So if you know where they are selling them, please. Because I ain't seen them shit since the pandemic started. But While we've been, you know, panicking and pandemicking, 1.5 million more people signed up for or filed for unemployment this week, bringing the grand total to 45 million. 45 million people in this country right now are unemployed. Let's just sit with that for a minute. 45 million people in this country are unemployed actively right now, and that's not even counting the people that aren't looking for work or don't feel as though they would qualify for unemployment insurance, therefore have not applied. But while we're doing that, billionaires have literally gained $600 billion in wealth since March 18th, since March 18th. And that's according to the American Center for Tax and Study, all right? They study these things. They study revenue streams. $600 billion. Has gone into the pocket of billion of the billionaire class since 318. Jeff Bezos himself came up 44 billies, 44 of them things. and your boy Zuckerberg, you know, he clocked in with a humble 32. a humble 32 billion since March 18th. who's playing games? who's getting, who's getting money and how are we going to force our hand and force our agenda into this capitalist game that's being played because obviously we're missing out. 500 billion dollars was distributed through the personal pay per, through the PPP, paycheck protection plan. 500 billion dollars was distributed that way. Our community got the bare minimum of that, if any. If we got any, we got the bare minimum of that. That's 500 billion dollars right there. Now we're talking about another $600 billion that has been infused into the billionaire class. So literally, we're talking about another almost a trillion dollars. I guess that's what a thousand billion is. A trillion dollars, $1.1 trillion that has been moving around in this economy and none of us are the beneficiaries of it. Meanwhile, thank you. Thank you, that. 400,000 black-owned businesses have closed. There are 400,000 businesses that ain't never going to come back, y'all. You know what I'm saying? I'm worried that my business might be one of them. You know what I mean? To be quite honest with you. I'm concerned about that. That concerns me. You know what I mean? Like, black businesses, as we know it, are going to have to change the way we move and operate because a lot of our movements are about community. A lot of our businesses thrive because they're not only businesses, but they're communal spaces they are places that we all can gather and get to congregate and share information, share life, share, you know what I'm saying, joy, pain, all of that. You know what I'm saying? Dog, you know how devastating this shit has been to the church? The black church? Who's getting money? What's going on? The black church is definitely feeling, feeling, feeling it from the, from the results of COVID-19, man. And that's something that a lot of people aren't, you know, again... Aren't paying attention to? What you say, Geronimo? Crimes of theft will soon be on the rise. I totally agree with that. You don't think there? You don't think enough about that? A lot of people are going to be hungry. I know we all watched ATL last year, Robin season. Robin season is about to be in full effect, y'all. You know what I'm saying? But it's a holiday though, so let's celebrate. You know what I'm saying? Let's celebrate Juneteenth, y'all. Let's celebrate Juneteenth properly. All right. Let's let's do it. So, if you want to celebrate Juneteenth, let's do it. Let's talk about what Juneteenth is. Keep it a buck. You did not grow up in the 80s or the 90s celebrating Juneteenth. I did. I'm from Texas. My wife's from Texas. It's different. If you didn't grow up in Texas, you didn't do that. All right? We don't have that history. We just got hip to Emancipation Day in D.C. like a few years ago, which is great. I'm I'm a fan of all of that. But Juneteenth is really kind of... It's kind of a bittersweet thing for me because it's like, damn, we are celebrating like one of the greatest finesses. Like, yo, the slave masters actually got off with an extra two years of labor in Texas. Juneteenth is celebrated specifically because Texas was the last jurisdiction because they were considered a fringe colony or a fringe te- territory at the time. Texas was actually known as the Republic of Texas at the time. So they wanted to be something totally different. But anyway, Texas was considered a French colony. Therefore, the news spread a bit slower. At the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863, all the northern states that did not have slavery. First of all, the Emancipation Proclamation did not apply to the northern states. Let's get that straight. Didn't apply to them. And there were states within the um, Union that were slaveholding states, i.e. Maryland Kentucky, couple other ones that owned slaves. So those states actually got to keep their slaves past the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation. And that was all legal. That was all sanctioned, okay? So that's something that's a part of Juneteenth that we kind of overlook. It's not the end end. And in 1865, after, two years after the signing of the Proclamation, when the slaves were notified in Texas of their freedom, they began to have this celebration. My wife from Texas, I'm sure she could tell y'all all all about, you know, the traditions, the parades. same shit. Same shit, you know, parades, traditions, all of that. Black folks, we don't need a fucking excuse to put a brisket on the grill, okay? We will do this shit. We, We will do this shit. So shout out to all of those people who've been doing it on June 19th because it's great to have something that just specifically speaks to you. Now, we want to make this a broader thing. And we also don't want to see this thing turn into Cinco de Mayo, where it's been co-opted by white boys, white boys running around with fucking dashikis on on Juneteenth talking about, yeah, I'm about to go have some oohs and ahs. We don't want to see that. You know what I'm saying? So we want to keep the, the solemnity of the holiday intact. We want to make pe- make sure people know that this is not a celebration just celebration. This is something that symbolizes the ending, and in, in de facto ending, of one of the worst institutions known to mankind, and certainly the worst institution that has visited the United States. You know what I'm saying? So now that we have this established, that this is supposed to be celebrating the end of slavery, we have the next step to the, the other obvious question within that dialogue is, did slavery really fucking end? Because I can read and I know what the word accept means. So when I read the Constitution, when I read the 13th Amendment and the word accept exists in that amendment, in that language, saying that slavery is abolished except in the case of a person who has committed a crime, therefore they will be eligible to you know fall under all of these penalties. Bro, Let's talk about how the beginning of crime directly coincides, the beginning of a quote-unquote crime problem in America. You could say the beginning of crime. crime. You could say the beginning of crime in America coincides with the ending of slavery. So does the rape of white women. It's the same thing. Thank you. My wife just timed in with a with really key one. So does the rape of white women. All of a sudden, niggas are raping white women. That was not a crime that was prevalent during slavery. Antebellum, nobody was accused of raping white women because that is literally death, period. But now people are being accused of it. People are being tried for it. People are being hung, incarcerated for it. And you know the main crime that allowed people to fall back into the class of persons who were unprotected by the 13th Amendment was vagrancy. Being a bum, being quote unquote homeless, being a vagabond. And you and you right and you, or a business owner or an independent contractor. If you had your own business, you had your own independent farm or something like that. You were a vagrant. Why were you a vagrant? Because no white man was responsible for you. No white man was responsible for paying all of your fees on your land, paying again. We talked about this the other day on the show. Your poll tax, actually taking care of your obligations to the state government. Unless a white man was charged with that duty, a black man was considered a vagrant. Shout out to my man I've been there, my boy Jay, Florida. He know what time it is. Florida, I, listen, Florida's not a game. I, I urge all of you all to watch Rosewood. You know what I'm saying? We talk a lot about Tulsa. Let's talk about Rosewood. You know what I'm saying? Damn, it's not a show unless I get a call. Hold up. My bad, gang. It's not a show unless I get a call. I'm sorry, gang. Like I said, I urge you all to watch Rosewood. I urge you all to learn about the history of race riots in America that were really just based on Black people wanting independence. So Juneteenth not only marks, quote-unquote, the end of slavery, but it also marks a, very, a beginning in a very new era of racial violence. We call it Jim Crow. You know, it's known as Jim Crow. But really, Reconstruction and Jim Crow and the whole racial terror era from the late 1800s to about the 30s, really, to to about the Great Depression, was formative in this country. That's where all your Confederate monuments were built. That's when all of your Confederate monuments were built and dedicated. That's when all of the language and all the films, that's when the Ku Klux Klan was revived. That's when all of the language and all the films and all the propaganda was created to to submit the inferiority of black people. So while they gave us de facto freedom, we were never really free. You know what I'm saying? So on Juneteenth, like the best thing that I see on Juneteenth, the best little uh, advertisement I see is people wearing a shirt that says free ish because that at least displays some understanding of the situation. Free-ish. You know what I'm saying? Like my favorite Jill Jill Scott song, Watching Me. They keep telling me I'm free. I'm not free, bro. I'm just not incarcerated. I'm not free. I understand the difference. I understand the difference between not being incarcerated and being actually truly free. You know what I'm saying? I understand the difference between being free to establish my own family, my own businesses, my own will, and being under constant surveillance and being held down by uh, debt peonage. That's a big deal in America. That's what they do to us as black people. They, they put us in peonage. It's not even so much about, like, physical freedom. It's more about the lack of ability to maneuver economically. It's about the lack of ability to grow as a community, as a as as a monolith, as as a as a as an entire collective. You know what I'm saying? That's the most, that's the most dangerous thing to this whole establishment here. It's us organizing, yo. Like I do this show every day. One day, one day, people gonna pay attention, hopefully. But I do this every day just to show you, motherfuckers, somebody is thinking about this shit. I think about it every day. Somebody's paying attention. I see what's happening every day. So if you guys aren't paying attention to the day to day, if nobody is pointing out the fact that the game is still being played and is still advancing in this direction, we'll never be able to switch the direction. You have to be aware of the fact that this shit is going this way and it's been going this way for a long time. So acknowledge the direction that it's headed in and then set about the business of changing course. That's it's very, it's very simple. And you can only do that through study. You can only do that through study, through education. We don't study history so that we can be fucking experts on the past, nor do we study history so that we can be fucking clairvoyant. Like, I don't know exactly what's going to happen in the year 2029. I'm sorry. And no amount of studying of history is going to tell me that. However, in the present moment, if you're a student of history, The history that you know and the things that have happened already will inform the questions that you ask in the present moment. When you're in this present moment right now, you have to ask yourself, wow, well, we've we've confronted this before and people dealt with it this way, so why not do it this way? People dealt with it this way and that didn't seem to work. Or that's why I'm so into the people who are steadfast in their call for defunding and abolishing the police. Because reform doesn't work. Reform implies that it can be fixed. This cannot be fixed. This shit has to be dismantled. It cannot be fixed. Reform implies that something has potential for repair. All right? This does not have a potential for repair simply because it would not exist if it was not built unjustly. This We couldn't have America. If there weren't slaves, guys, we could not we could not have any of this. Look, fuck that. We can't have these Nikes we wear. We can't have these clothes we wear without slave labor. Basically, all right. People work in sweatshops to produce lots of our clothing. All right. One of my biggest the biggest paradigms of capitalism is in order for someone to have a Lamborghini, a lot of people can't have a car at all. You know what I'm saying? There has to be a clearly defined winner and loser bracket. Alright? You know what I'm saying? There's a spectrum, yes. But there has to be a clearly defined winner and loser bracket. And sacrifices have to be made in order to change the whole paradigm. There won't be it won't be comfortable. It won't be fun. Like Lord knows. Doc, I could be on here talking about Joe Biden and Nicki Minaj and all type of other bullshit that's going on on Twitter. I love it. I'd be in all the mess. But at the end of the day, like, yo, what is that benefiting anybody? That could make me popular. Sure, that would make me fun. That, you know what I'm saying? But I don't need to be fun right now. I need to be hitting people with, with facts because we talk about freedom, dog. Like, if y'all just want to go back to outside, that's cool, man. I don't never want to go back outside. And I can say that just because I'm old. Because I, I definitely ran it up outside. But I can also say that because, yo, what I'm interested in now and what I want to see now requires so much of a different effort from us and such a different focus from us that I don't want us to go back to that shit no more. I love basketball. I don't want to see the NBA, dog. I'm mad the niggas is going to play. I hope somebody was paying attention to this tracking device in the form of a ring that they're going to put on NBA players while they move around Orlando. They have a a ring, literally a ring you put on your finger that has tracking device technologies on it that allegedly take your temperature, that test your antibodies, test your red blood levels. And I'm like, really? We got all of this for basketball players, but we got doctors and nurses wrapping their faces in paper towels and bandanas. Again, y'all. In service of what? In service of who? Capital. And the only way we can turn this shit around is through education. Only way we can do that. Juneteenth as a holiday, it's great. Go out and celebrate. Please don't spend your money with white people today. I love that. Shout out to all my clients, my people who came through the shop and fucked with me and supported me today. Shout out to anybody that's out here buying black, cooking black, wearing black, whatever. You get a mask, you get anything. You know what I'm saying? Get a drink, whatever. Get that shit from somebody black today, all right? Straight up and down. And educate yourself. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Slap a black ass. I'm about to get into that in a (laughs) minute. Listen, yo, do something black, black, black today, all right? And do it with joy, too. Because, yo, protesting and all of this is heavy, y'all. And it's not going to stop. We on what? Day 20-something right now? Day 20-something in these protests, man. Like, this shit is serious. It's not going to stop. The kids ain't going to stop coming outside. The signs ain't going to stop being made. The police ain't going to stop killing niggas. How about that? Like, that's just not going to stop, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad that I I didn't hear tell of a hanging today in my perusal of the news cycle. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad that I haven't really had to, you know, contemplate too deeply today. Like, what? The criminal justiceism isn't is and isn't doing about the body of the moment. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad that we can all bask in learning some shit today. Everybody's learning. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's learning about Juneteenth today. Everybody's learning how to how to um how to celebrate Juneteenth today. Everybody is like trying to live their best life, trying to enjoy this. Let's start some new traditions. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, man, we can start some new traditions where Juneteenth is. A huge deal. You know what I'm saying? That's some black ass shit anyway. We say Juneteenth. Not June 19th. Juneteenth. That's some black ass shit, y'all. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So It's like, we don't need to, you know, we don't need to do any more than what we already been doing and what we always been doing. But we just gotta step it up, man more books, more knowledge. I got two minutes left on this live, so I'm about to get out of here. I love all y'all for tuning in and checking this out, man. Tell a friend or tell a friend or tell a cousin that, listen, we doing the news every day around five, you know what I'm saying? Because I got this little girl who will not allow me to be punctual, and I'm not punctual anymore. The class. <laughs> I'm about to tell y'all about this class. I got a minute 30 seconds left. Listen. I saw a YouTube video because my wife loves me and she sends me positive shit. She sent me this YouTube video with this gentleman speaking. He's a professor. His name is Eric Foner. He does a class at Columbia University. He's doing a course covering the quote-unquote antebellum reconstruction years between 1850 and 1890. The The course is free. It's free. You can get this on the internet Listen to this man talk. This is an old white man teaching a room full of white-ass kids about how they did us. And he's talking about it very matter-of-factly. It's not a big deal. We're, we're not going to take sides or anything like that. This what the fuck happened. Sure it was wrong. Of course, we and, and, and modern history puts points that out. But this man is teaching. This man is teaching. He's giving you facts. He's giving you information. That information is available publicly and for free, y'all. Remember, man, things work out the best for those who make the best out of the way things work out. The Core Report coming to you every weekday, live around 5. It's your boy, Black Broadway. Everybody out there protesting. Keep a fist in the air for black freedom. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Juneteenth. I know I'm about to do it up on Father's Day. Columbia University online. ColumbiaUniversity.com, yo. Check the iTunes, the Spotify feeds, all of that. And we out. Bow.